This is episode 22, Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, featuring Diane Mitchell and Julia Porter from BioBean. You're tuning in to Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, where women share inspiring stories about their careers in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host and founder of Trashy Beauty, Barbara Lee. Do you start your morning with a cup of coffee? About 54% of U.S. adults over the age of 18 drink coffee. An average American drinks about three cups of it a day, with over $40 billion being spent on coffee each year. That is a lot of coffee. Ever wonder what happens with all those grounds that are used to make coffee? Most of the time, they go straight to landfill, and like other organic matter that ends up in the landfill, it decomposes in an aerobic environment and releases methane. Quick recap, methane traps roughly 30 times more heat into our atmosphere as carbon dioxide, which means that all the methane in our atmosphere isn't great. I don't need to wax poetic to you about how much I appreciate good coffee. I mean, clearly, I decided to start a business around it. But given that coffee is such a massive industry, the thing that I thought was most important was to divert the waste from coffee from ending up in the landfill. Aside from just the disposable cups and plastics that we use around the coffee industry, the beans that are used to make coffee contain a high percentage of oil. And this oil, officially known as cafe oil, is extremely valuable. In fact, 22 pounds of waste can produce 2 liters of biofuel. That is the equivalent of what an average coffee shop creates every day. So more than just fertilizing your garden or being turned into a great coffee body scrub, coffee could help reduce our impact on the planet by providing us with a viable green fuel source. And you don't even have to stop the drinking part. That's what BioBeam, based in the UK, is aiming to accomplish. They started in 2013 by taking some of the 500,000 tons of waste created from the coffee industry in the UK every year, and they're taking the coffee waste and making it into a coffee log. And this is a natural biofuel, and it burns hotter and better than traditional wood. We had the amazing opportunity to sit down with Diane Mitchell, BioBeam's engineering manager, and Julia Porter, national supply chain manager, to learn more about the company's mission and the amazing women who are turning trash into green energy. Let's get trash talking. Diane and Julia, welcome to Trash Talking. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And so if both of you could just kind of introduce a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do within BioBean. I'm Diane Mitchell. I'm the engineering director here at BioBean. My job is to look at uh, the factory that we have to look at the process we use to take waste coffee grounds from the waste products they are when they arrive at our factory to a useful product that we can use in wood burners or in biomass boilers to displace some fossil fuels. Cool. That's amazing. It's working with businesses around the UK, I guess, get them to recycle their coffee and send it to us instead of other methods of disposal. And also working with waste management companies who collect on our behalf. That's amazing. So let's jump into what is BioBean. The UK drinks about 55 million cups of coffee every day, produces about half a million tons of waste coffee grounds every single year. And a lot of this ends up in landfill, which um, is, it produces a lot of nasty greenhouse gas emissions. Sure. And what we're trying to do is make sure that coffee doesn't end up going there and comes to us instead. So BioBeam was founded in 2013 to tackle this exact problem by reusing that waste 
to make biofuels and, and biochemicals. That's amazing. And so other than the environmental impact, why was this important? So the business was founded by Arthur Kay, who came up uh, with the idea while he was studying architecture at, uh, at university and was tasked with des- designing a sustainable coffee shop. And I think that sort of led to a bit of a realisation as to the amount of of waste coffee grounds that are produced by the coffee industry. Actually, coffee grounds are a fantastic fuel. They've uh, got a a high calorific value, so they they can be used rather than going to waste. Yes, and so I'm aware of this. We actually, my business, we reuse the coffee grounds to make beauty products. This is a little bit of a different angle (laughs) of approaching it. Tell us a bit more about the process. When we get waste coffee grounds into our factory, a lot of them come in plastic bags. Um, some of them come in in, uh, in tubs. Um, so we have to depackage them to begin with. Then we have to separate out anything that's, that's not coffee, so either the plastic bags or occasionally people um, don't separate their waste perfectly. We get, we get the old spoon in with our coffee grounds <laughs> and a few other things. We uh, we separate out anything that's not coffee, and so we're left with just just wet coffee grounds. When you make your cup of coffee, you put hot water through your coffee grounds. The leftover coffee grounds are then about 50% moisture. Um, in order to make a, a fuel that combusts very nicely, we need to remove remove most of this moisture. So we dry the coffee down till it's uh, nearly dry, and then we use temperature and pressure to compress the coffee into either a pellet for use in a biomass boiler or into a coffee log um, that we can put into a stove or a wood burner. This coffee pellet or coffee log makes a really great fuel. It's got about 20% more energy than wood. So wow. it burns for a long time, burns very hot. Yeah, it works really well. Wow, that's amazing. So how long has the company been around and how many logs have you been able to produce and how much waste have you diverted from the landfill? We started off uh, quite small. We've uh, had our factory up and running since 2016. Since we started our factory up, we've produced around about 1,000 tonnes of coffee logs. Do some quick maths here. Um, If we multiply... A thousand tons by 132 bags. I think it was 70,000 tons of coffee logs last year. 70,000 coffee logs in the last year, last financial year, was that that's what we produced. Why was this an important task to tackle? We we estimate that most of the coffee waste that is being produced across the UK is going to landfill. So what we're trying desperately to do is just make sure that we are extracting way more value from the coffee waste than sending it to landfill or incineration where it where it can be burnt. So what we're trying to do is is make sure that, yeah, like I say, we're extracting the absolute maximum value that we can do from the coffee waste and use it um, for completely different methods than just sitting on a landfill site and emitting greenhouse gases and other nasty emissions. No, that's fantastic. So let's dive into a little bit about you guys. So if one of you want to explain a little bit about your background and how you ended up at BioBeam. Okay, so I'm a chemical engineer by background, studied biochemical engineering at university and then went into the coffee industry. So I worked in the coffee industry for 10 years in research and development, looking at at all different types of coffee. A couple of years ago, I was approached by BioBeam and it just sounded like an amazing opportunity to, to stay in the coffee industry, which is one I'm very passionate about, and um, to actually do something really wonderful to, to tackle a problem, the problem of coffee waste. 
I love my coffee as much as anybody. To know that actually I can do some good through drinking coffee was really good for me. Cool. So for me, it's slightly different to die. So I came into a completely different way. I mean, I've always been a wildlife and environment. Did a three-year graduate scheme at a management consultancy, which is completely not in line with, with my sustainability ambitions. Yeah. And then on finishing that, I, I found Biobean. And like Di said, I'm absolutely obsessed with coffee, drink a lot of it. <laughs> It really, the sentiments of Bio being really aligned with what I want to do and my ambitions, it just seemed like the perfect fit. And thank goodness I'm now working here and I'm loving it. That's fantastic. What are both of your favourite types of coffee? Oh, gosh. So I get all my coffee from a roaster up in Liverpool and they they have a particular Tanzanian blend, which I actually just can't live without. And I drink it every <laughs> single morning. <laughs> Uh, my my favourite's a dark red Colombian. Yeah, what I wake up to every morning. That's nice. And how do you take your coffee? Black, strong, <laughs> just that. <laughs> yeah, I take mine strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes black, sometimes with some cream. Nice. What kind of inspired you to do this type of work? Um, for me, I think, as I said, like, I've grown up with a real obsession really with wildlife and and sustainability and and caring for the environment and I've grown up with that in my family as well so my my dad in particular is very much into sustainability and he he actually influenced and started the process of the sustainability rail program for the UK which is now set in sort of in in government initiatives so having that growing up with him doing that was always was always kind of in my family and, and what I've always been, I guess, surrounded by. So I've just kind of, I guess I've followed in his footsteps a little bit. That's and for good. me, the appeal of what I do is um, with the engineering challenges of it. So nobody has done this before. So everything is new. Everything's a challenge. And it's such good fun. Um, and so having a background in chemical engineering, which is generally synonymous with the oil and gas industry, I think sort of over the years, as, as that diminished in terms of the number of chemical engineers that go into that industry, the, the whole industry has branched out in terms of what we're looking at and the challenges that, that we try to solve. So this sort of fits in perfectly with um, looking at the, the engineering side of it and also something that I'm passionate about. And where do you think that that passion comes from? Uh, I don't think there was one moment. I think chemical engineering is something that I've just kind of grown to love as the challenges keep on pouring in and it turns out that I really like trying to solve them and sort of think outside the box and um, you know, work out how we can do this better than anything that's been done yeah. before. And what about for you, Julia? I think it's potentially being able to kind of see the changes that you're making, even if they're so small. It's just feeling like you're a part of making a change in your in your world and thinking about your family in the future and that's what drives me. Amazing. Do you have a particularly challenging moment in your career or at BioBean that you want to talk about? I think from from my side, it's the most the most challenging thing is that what we're doing at BioBean is, like I said earlier, it's the first time that this has been done. From from my angle as well, this is a completely brand brand new supply chain. No one's ever collected waste coffee grounds on an industrial scale before. Waste management companies have never picked up coffee as a segregated waste stream. 
and we've never had a coffee, it's the world's first coffee factory producing what we're producing. So it's a, it's a huge challenge getting people to do things for the first time when they've already got embedded business operations and you're asking them to do something new. I think that's my main challenge. Yeah, I'd agree with that in terms of the, the challenge. It, for me, it's about the, the process. So we have a factory that was um, designed as proof of concept to show that this can be done at an industrial scale. Um, and now the challenge is how, we do th- how do we do this efficiently at an industrial scale? So looking at actually what's the, the optimum method of processing waste coffee grounds is a huge challenge and it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and so how do you stay inspired when you have a tough moment or something's really difficult? I think having a a hugely supportive and enthusiastic team where everyone is following the same goal is is really important. And everyone feels everyone's successes as well. If something good is happening in the company, because we're we're quite small. When, when something good happens, everyone feels it and you can, and you can yeah, share that success with everyone else. I think that, that's what I think anyway. <laughs> yeah, externally as well. Um, I, yeah, we talked to a lot of people about um, the equipment they could supply for us or how they might solve the engineering challenges. And everybody is so enthusiastic about what we're doing. Mostly people haven't heard of it. And so, wow, that's a really good idea. And you sort of feed off other people's enthusiasm and everybody really wants to to work on this. That's amazing. Do you have any role models or books or podcasts or movies that you kind of help use to inform yourself of these issues around the environment? I have two young children, so I haven't read a book or seen a movie in a long time. (laughs) Um, But... uh, my two little girls, they're, they're three and five, and they're, they inspire me to be a role model so that they've got somebody that they can look up to. Um, they're going to grow up in a very different world to the one I grew up in. Um, the environment's going to be much more of a focus, and I want them to see that I'm doing something valuable. De- definitely, I would say my dad is, is my role model purely because of the message that he sent to me as I've grown up but also not to embarrass die. <laughs> but I think at Biovene, a lot of the women, particularly, and men, but particularly the women, do look up to die as a, as a role model at Biovene, just being in director of engineering and being a mother to two small children and working so hard and also showing that you can be gentle and sometimes quiet, but also being quite sort of competitive and fierce <laughs> at the same time. And... <laughs> it's nice it's nice to have someone like that you can you can follow and look up to in your business that's fantastic tell us a little bit more about like maybe some of the cool moments that you've had within the company so for me one of the uh the really cool things we did was the uh shell bus launch so actually sort of showing at, at a scale um, across London that, that we can actually produce a, a biodiesel that can fuel London buses. That, you know, seeing, seeing it on buses across London was, was really awesome. And Julia? I think well, the, the, the very first day that I joined BioBean, or my very first day, I was shown the, one of the first batches of coffee logs that was ever produced from our factory and we hadn't launched them yet, and, and they weren't on the shelves anywhere. And then sort of later that month, we soft-launched the logs, but really it was this Christmas, so a year later, 
that we really launched our, our product. And I think seeing that journey and actually having that first, almost first coffee log in my hand and then seeing them now stocked across the UK on huge scale is just brilliant to see. And having been a part of that, I'm just pretty chuffed. Where other than the Shell launch, was there were there other big moments that you guys have had? We did have, we did do a big marketing campaign back in November for our coffee logs. And we had our coffee logs branding on a few hundred billboards in in and around London mostly. And one of them was in Waterloo, which is the largest billboard in Europe. Wow. And we had our, our branding up there. Um, so we all, we all went down to Waterloo Station with a bottle of champagne to watch it, oh. watch it up on the big screen. So I think that was, a, that was a pretty epic moment as well. <laughs> I can imagine you guys sitting there at Waterloo. <laughs> yeah, we really were. We were there for quite a long time. <laughs> how, many, how many retailers carry your product and how many logs have been created and how many cafes are involved? Like, Give us some sense of the scale of the business. We well, we started collecting initially in, in London, so through our waste management partnerships, just because of the density of businesses in London. And we've, we've slowly expanded that over the last year to other major cities across the UK, so like Manchester, Birmingham, Brighton, Kent, Cambridge, all over the place. And we also have some partnerships with uh, so some quite big coffee chains like Costa. We're not sure if you have those in the US, but Costa and Network Rail, which is our main sort of train operator. And we're probably collecting now from over 2,000 sites across the UK. And in terms of where we retail our product, we're stocking our coffee logs in about 500 retail sites. Wow. But we're also, we also sell them online as well, online outlets. So we've got a pretty big audience for not only the coffee waste customers, but also kind of selling our logs. We sold uh, 70,000 bags of our coffee logs last year. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I think this winter we're up to production of about uh, one and a half million coffee logs. Wow, that's incredible. Ambition. And each yeah. coffee log having the coffee from 25 cups of coffee in it. Wow, that's so cool. So who are the people who are purchasing your product and what are their reactions? Most of the people purchasing the product are those that have uh, stoves at home, wood-burning fires, chimneys, fire pits in the garden. They're you know, mostly burning them as a, as a heat fuel so to keep their houses warm over the winter, but also potentially in the, in the summer when, you're, when the evenings get a little bit chilly, but you can still sit outside. And most of the reaction is that they are they they burn beautifully they they burn very hot they burn for a long time what a lot of people don't realize is coffee is is it's very oily so it means it's very calorific in nature so they actually burn hotter and, and longer than ordinary wood does and that's usually the reaction that we get from customers that buy the logs yeah we've had quite a few people saying that they've put uh, put a few on their fire and then they've had to open the windows the mm. room got so hot oh wow <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so what are the plans for the future? Like, what do you guys plan to expand to? So in terms of what we're looking to do in the future, uh, I'll let Julia talk about the supply chain. But from a, a process point of view, we want to see if we can make our waste coffee go even further in terms of the range of products that we can create. So whilst we've got two great solid fuel products, actually, we want to see if we can create even more value from this waste coffee so um, we're looking at extracting the oil out of the coffee 
and um, looking at that range of, of applications and how it could be used to to replace environmentally harmful products with bio-based alternatives. Yeah, and from a waste product, no less, which is the coolest part. Yeah, exactly. And I get, and for me, from the supply chain side, we're trying to make sure we get the coffee waste from basically every edge of the UK. I want to make sure that we can we can get a hold of the. 500,000 tonnes that we know is produced every year and with our ambitious growth targets in terms of our our products and and all the testing that we're going to be needing to do for oil extraction, we really need that coffee waste coming in. So it's trying to reach new cities, new areas of the UK and new waste management partnerships to get that coffee to us. Yeah, that's amazing. That would be fantastic if you guys can get all the waste. Yeah, as much waste as we can get, we'll take it everything. So can people actually just like send in their coffee grounds from home to you or like is it just espresso grounds that you're using? Like what are you guys actually putting into these logs? It's coffee waste on a commercial scale. So it's businesses. At the moment, it's not domestic from households. That's probably something that we'll, we'll not look at just yet. But who knows? We might in the future. I mean, I do have my, my parents collect their waste coffee grounds at their house, give it to me in little plastic pots and make me bring it to the office and recycle it here. So if everyone wants to do that, (laughs) that might be a bit tricky, but they feel like they're doing their bit, and I think it's quite sweet. Yeah, I bring my own waste coffee grounds to the factory. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's not something we're looking to do on a domestic scale at the moment. Because I think we need to make sure that the the transport to the factory is also as sustainable as possible, which means aggregating the the collections, Mm. making sure we're not adding to trucks on the road. Right. Yeah, I could just imagine something like where you could set up like a place for people to bring their waste coffee to, like the grocery store or something. Yeah, we have we have had people suggest this actually, and and having sort of yeah disposal points. I guess the worry for us is that the risk of that becoming quite contaminated if mm. someone sees a, a skip somewhere on the side of the road, it can become a bit contaminated. And then when it reaches our factory, we just need to be we just need to be mindful of that. But who knows, down the line, it might be something that we'll be able to do. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Do you have like a specific tip for people who want to live a more eco-conscious lifestyle? Buy coffee logs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, buy, buy coffee logs. From my perspective as well, I think it's little things like you know, using, a, using a keep cup instead of buying coffee and um, using one of the, the cups that they, they sell them to you in. And also... I, I have a, I'm mostly vegan, and I think this little changes like that, like small changes to your diet, operating a more plant-based diet, maybe just just little things that might make that kind of difference. Yeah, I think if, if everybody does just a few small things to, to change the way that they impact the environment, then it adds up to to real changes. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a crazy nature or sustainability story that you want to share? I have, I do actually have one. I was just thinking about this. So this is, this is something that made me realize that I was obsessed with nature. And it's, this, was a few, this was only a few years ago. It sounds like it was when I was about five, but it wasn't. I was about 25. And it was in the summer and my parents have a pond and I'm obsessed with their pond. I always have been obsessed with sort of frogs and newts and that sort of thing. 
and it was in the summer and the water levels and the pond had got really low and my mum put the hose in the pond which is actually really not sustainable come to think of it but she was filling up the pond and then we all went to bed and she left the hose in the pond and then I had her appear at my door at 3 a.m. It, in absolute horror because she'd left the hose pipe on and all the tadpoles kind of come out of <gasps> the pond and they were all like, stressing around the side of the pond and they weren't in the water. So I have this memory of at 3am in the morning with a torch and, and spoons, me and my mum, on our hands and knees, scooping the tadpoles back into the pond. <laughs> and it was dark and it was, and, but we both, I don't, like, we could have just left them, but we didn't, we couldn't, we physically couldn't do it. And I thought maybe you wouldn't do that if you, <laughs> if you weren't into the environment and into your animals. And now we're, we were really chuffed when we saw them all turn into little frogs later because we knew that that was us at 3am in the morning. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe not what you were looking for, but... No, it's fantastic. I love all the crazy stories people have. And I? Um, no, I can't rival that, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing springs to mind. <laughs> you went on your hands and knees. No, at 3am in the morning. I occasionally pick up a frog when we're mowing the lawn to right. make sure we don't go over it. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you both so much for being on the show. This has been such an interesting chat. Do you guys do you guys have plans to expand to other countries like this concept and the business? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to to take over the world with copper recycling. So I think sort of northern Europe is the, is the first place we'd look to expand to. So um, they're really into their recycling and their sustainability. And, um, you know, like the UK, it's often very cold in northern Europe. So um, coffee logs, we think, would do really well. So it's one of the things we're looking to do in the next few years. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so if people want to learn more about your company or if they want to buy a log, where can they go to find more information about BioBean? They can visit our website. We've got quite a lot of our information up there. So it's www.bio-bean.com. And on our social media channels as well, we do a lot of posts on our Twitter and our Facebook, LinkedIn. We have an Instagram page. It's very easy to get in touch with us. We have a number of email addresses that direct you straight through to the right person. So we're very accessible and, and happy to talk to people about this. Cool, fantastic. And if people want to reach out to you guys directly, how can they connect with you guys? Probably for, for me, it's best, to, it's best to go straight to the waste, but kind of waste coffee <laughs> inquiries inbox. It's waste coffee at bio-bean.com and they all get funneled through to me and that's probably the best way to, to get in touch with me. And for me, LinkedIn's generally the best way to get hold of me. Um, a lot of people contact me through there, so I'm more than happy to, to make any new connections for anyone that wants to talk more about Bio-bean or what we do. Cool, fantastic. Thank you both so much for being on the show. This has been such a fun chat and it's so it's so great what you guys are doing and we're such a big fan of it, being coffee lovers ourselves. Oh, thank you so thank much you. for having us. And we really love what you're doing as well. Thank um, you. I need to try out your products next time we're over in the US. Oh yeah, well, if I have any friends heading to the UK, I'll have them take it over for you. Yeah, thank oh, you. Yeah. That's very kind. <laughs> 
BioBean is doing something pretty novel and amazing with something that most of us think of as waste. It was incredible to hear about how far the company has come in just a few years, and I can't wait until they expand their operations. Maybe someone should do this in the US, just saying. Don't forget to buy your tickets for the screening of Wasted, the story of food waste on April 10th at the Kickstarter headquarters in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. We will be featuring food and drink for some of the top sustainability food and beverage companies in New York City, including Toast Ale, Proud Poor, Nomad Trading Company, Rescuing Leftover Cuisine, Ankali, Rise Products, Arrow Farms and Local Roots, Food for All, Eleva Coffee, Tea Pigs, and Bear Burger. We'll also be featuring artwork by Jody Taylor and maybe some additional surprises. Generally though, it's just going to be a fantastic event with lots to eat and drink and talk about. We can't wait to see you all. Thank you to everyone who has already bought their tickets. Keep spreading the word. Invite your friends. We do anticipate that we are going to sell out, so get your tickets now. We'll link the Eventbrite page in the show notes. And tune in again next time, Eco Warriors. Stay green. Thanks for talking dirty with us. Tune in next week for more trash talking with Eco Warriors. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at Trashy Beauty Co.